Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Krauss explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Hi, and welcome to a special edition of Grand Rounds. We're going to start doing something kind of fun, and we're going to highlight a state from time to time just to show how doctors in different places practice medicine, maybe talk about the financial aspects of living in a certain place. And I thought I'd start with California. When I was growing up in the Midwest, that was always my dream of living in the sunny state. So today, I'd like to welcome Dr. Bessem Uzgil, and he is a pediatric neurologist and epileptologist in the Bay Area. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Usually we are sunny, but this is the first winter where I feel like we've been having some rain finally. Oh my gosh, (laughs) you guys have been in the news. We're recording this in January. And you guys have been in the news so much for all the weather you've been having this year. It feels like a departure. I've been in the Bay Area for about 10 to 11 years. And this is the first, like January, where I felt like this is how I imagined it to be in Northern California as compared to Southern California, (laughs) Uh, for better or worse. Have you encountered any problem yourself with all the rain and the flooding? Indirectly, it's hard not to be thankful because we've had such a terrible drought over the past few years and that's something we think about all the time and at the same time a sense of relief that we're finally getting some rain we had some really scary fires over the past few years in some places in some of the most beautiful parts of our state and then threatened the air quality i think collectively i know that we all feel grateful but at the same time it's scary. I didn't get a chance to read the news yet, but today I've read that many lives lost, and many homes are getting affected. And so there are programs that are helping families relocate in areas where I drove through a few weeks ago. Kind of that feels new and foreign. So it's a mixed sense of scariness, but also gratitude that at least some of the coffers of water potentially might get full. Have you always practiced in California? I was thinking about this, and the short answer is yes. Okay. And part of my story, I did an MD and a PhD. So it was an extended training. And then I did a longer training with child neurology with being five years and then pediatric epilepsy with research embedding in it. But some of it has been chance because I was thinking about it just boils down to the match in some part because I interviewed broadly throughout the country, fell in love with many different geographic sites. You can name every corner. I interviewed everywhere. And in fact, I kind of wanted to live somewhere else because I had this perception of California that I think isn't fully untrue sometimes, but um, (laughs) that I wanted to know something else. And, but it turns out, yes, I've been here throughout my life and practiced here throughout my life. Okay. Did I read correctly or understand correctly? You did residency down at UCLA and then moved north for your practice. Is that right? It could have been that. I mean, that was one of the places I looked up. I did my undergraduate. I, UCLA was my dream school. And so I did my undergraduate there. And I ended up okay. doing an MD and PhD there too. And then the pediatrics residency 
adult neurology, child neurology, and pediatric epilepsy. That was in San Francisco at UCSF. Okay. So you've kind of experienced the whole state. So you'll be great to talk to. You can tell us all the ins and outs of both both ends of the state. <laughs> Happy to share. They're both very different and also in some ways similar. Well, when I think of California, I always think of it as being a really high cost of living, that you have everything you could probably ever need. You've got beaches and mountains and deserts. As a physician in California, does your salary make it okay for you know the cost of living there? That's a really good question. I do think that the cost of living here, it is certainly more. And one of the reasons why when I was applying for jobs, I also started to look more broadly. Mm-hmm. I think so much in our careers and lives as physicians sometimes depends, even though we plan things as much as we can or hope we can, and we do something utterly chaotic like a match or, <laughs> or something like a pandemic influences job opportunities and some of it's happenstance to me when I think that in child neurology also that there are surveys out there to figure out exactly how much is a competitive salary. So I think if I had stayed in certain fields, I think certainly there are, I hear my colleagues saying dual physician families just really trying to figure out how to make ends meet and things like this. I think, so I see that happening. I also have felt, and this is true for me personally, but a shift in some of my colleagues' priorities, where it's not necessarily always about salary, but benefits, career opportunities, flexibility, and work-life schedule. And so I, I'm seeing people trying to leverage that more often when they interview. Yeah, when we get like $8 or $7 gasoline, when my friends are getting, telling me about $3.50. Oh my gosh. It was hard to believe in some ways. <laughs> so... Yeah. Oh my gosh. I paid two seventy four for a gallon today when I filled up my truck. I had no idea you were paying seven. Yeah, and I don't know if my salary is that much more. <laughs> or it certainly has not increased by eight percent or whatever the inflation rate is. So I think it is a time that's in flux. And so I, I've been out of training for about two or three years now. This is my third or fourth. But I'm interested to see how folks handle that because it is a lot of pressure. I think sometimes you can leverage salary and benefits applying more broadly. And I think sometimes, at least this was probably true, but the coastal areas, is sometimes I don't like speaking like that way because I truly think there's so much diversity and, and richness of culture and geography and things to enjoy in every part of this amazing nation. But yeah, I think that sometimes there's a sense that since there are such like, especially if you're near academic training centers, could someone else just take the position once you leave? I think that that happens sometimes. Not sure if that's unique to the coasts or at least where I live, but a lot of people come here in some ways to train, but then move on to go back to their home state. But some also want to stay very much in the state. And so that can be very competitive too. Do hospital systems kind of take into account the cost of living, but try to give you quality of life incentives to want to live in California? Or do you think there's any different state to state there? I think every organization approaches that differently. And I know that that's a high priority for physicians. I think there's a lot of introspection right now because I think throughout the country, you hear about so much burnout. And it's not just in physicians. I mean, there are nurses that are sure. other staffing, school districts, which really impact some children's special needs. And so I think we're leaning on 
physicians and other staff that we had it in a certain way. And so quality of life, then sometimes I prioritize having a day off more than my salary, to be honest with you, because there are options for bonuses that they've given us. But I prefer sometimes just having that day off. When I looked for jobs, which is around 20, in, in the heart of 2020, to be honest, I went on the job market around March 2020. I think I was really reflecting around me about what's really my priority. And it turned out to me, maybe not surprising, but family was really important. Whether it was starting a family or being near parents that are getting older, or if I can share personally, I never really got to know my grandparents. They lived in Turkey and many of them I wanted to see, but they passed away. And so they were always these figures that my parents talked about. So if I'm blessed with a family of my own, I really want to have them near me. And it turns out my wife, my family, that most of them lived in California. There was a premium for me on that. I knew the cost of living was going to be expensive. Childcare is expensive in California, especially in Northern California. I can imagine. You know, that that was something that my wife and I spoke about. And I felt that, yes, if I sacrificed maybe, I'm not sure I'm making up a number, but numbers that I've seen are 50000 to $100,000 more in other areas, even within the state. Um, yeah. Taxes, those kinds of things come into play too, and housing. That was what ultimately impacted my decision to geographically stay. Although I also do think that career opportunity I came across in the small group that I worked with. Those kinds of things, having gotten to know them, I put that as a higher premium than perhaps maybe some more lucrative positions that were out there at the time that I was interviewing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, some chance there. I think family's everything. I think some of the healthcare systems in California realize that there's a, you know, a huge cost of living to be able to live and practice in that area. And some even have programs put together to help physicians buy homes. Are you familiar or did you use one of those programs yourself? This is something that of all the benefits of help fit my family with the insurance coverage that I get, my, for example, my father. When I think about my salary and what I've been able to accomplish in a really short period of time in my current position, there's a home loan buyer program, which I haven't encountered too many times in the way that they potentially used to be around. Or if you were ma like major faculty that you were being recruited 15 years out or 10 years out. But in, in my institution, they recognize this from a really early point. And even this year, speaking of cost of living increases, they increased it by $50,000 more in terms wow. of the cap, which is really daunting to think about a mortgage that might be up to $2.5 for a house, but they cover up to 10%. Certain lenders, although not too many of them, can, if you have to work with someone that knows them and can do them and has experience in my experience. There are physician load experts that my wife and I looked up and I'm happy to share my experiences with each and every one of those, but there are a few that really stood out and learned how to work with me as a physician and all that delayed gratification that you have. Mm -hmm. That home loan program where they give you a certain amount of 0% interest fee that you have to pay back until 10 years in one lump sum. There's no way I can think of that I would have had the chance to have had a house in Northern California, much less one where my wife and I can think about, for example, either hosting folks, parents living, children growing into, and not worry about homeless people coming into my doorstep and opening the doors. I feel 
grateful for the community that I'm in. There's advantages and disadvantages. Some people like to be really close to the mix of things and food and <laughs> things like that. But that wasn't how I want this phase of my life to be. And there's no way I could have done any of that without a physician loan program. And I really, on top of the one program, my institution also helps provide us physicians with. Yeah, it's the thing that I'm most, you know, it's Christmas is, if you celebrate it, that's my birthday. I'm born on that. And I usually reflect on it. And sitting there with a hot chocolate fireplace, that was one of the things I was most grateful for and what I accomplished, to be honest, which is. I know in the Midwest, um, we're starting to deal more and more with physician shortages. Have you noticed that problem in California or is it just so easy to recruit to the coast? Which is saddening to hear to me, to be honest, because I truly like my life could have been completely different had, for example, Minnesota or Michigan stopped their hiring freezes, right? I would have loved working there. And so if the word physician shortage, like that, I mean, that word, but the pairing, that's not something I've actually in, in my daily practice heard. I've read of staffing shortages. And I think it's certainly not something I hear on a daily basis. I do think that we are facing in California a healthcare system with a lot of stressors. And some of the patients have been sicker because they're re-entering healthcare. Some of our county surveillance or state surveillances, for example, for like tuberculosis, were stretched thin during the pandemic and people weren't screening as much or coming in. I do think that there are shortages, but I haven't specifically heard it from the context of a physician shortage, if that makes sense. Sure. I know that in some pretty nice spots, even within California, there are positions that are unfilled within a year and a half or two years. I also think that even in different parts of California, there are needs. There are some spots that are growing and more people are moving into and further changing the geography of where a lot of younger physicians are establishing care. For example, UC Davis has some of the best neurologists and intensivists that I know and the epilepsy care programs that they're building up. But historically, it had not been somewhere people considered as much as going, for example, staying in San Francisco. So I think some of that is geographically variable in California. I don't know whether it's because of the healthcare system that I'm in, but it doesn't come up too much to me to hear that. Staffing all around, I think that's totally fair. And physicians often can get jobs, but sometimes out of training, they get a salary, for example, that's maybe 50% of what they would want to do. And so or they do an extra fellowship while they figure things out. The physician shortage, that's not much as I heard as like in general staff shortage. I think it's just, I haven't heard that phrase too many times. It's just more of just like healthcare being stressed more in general. I do know my family medicine and general pediatric colleagues are overwhelmed with some of the patient care, not necessarily in my organization throughout. And we've had triple demics that it's just hard to know what is the reason for it right now. I mean, there was thankfully the RSV numbers potentially are starting to come down, but felt like we went from COVID to one other medical crisis. And so it's hard for me to know whether it's a where the physician shortage or, or general staffing shortage is really coming from because folks are sicker and doing more tests. But I think that that was something I wanted to respond to and at least include. I know as specialists, we're also certainly tax, but definitely also on the general practitioner side. It's a challenging question, homelessness throughout the country. I think 
Southern California has seen an increase more than I had ever seen when I drove through and visited friends during the heart of the pandemic, like Venice Beach, things like this. And I know right now in San Francisco, it's never been actually an easy thing to solution because the cost of living is very high. It's a combination of also approaches to like historically mental health care and it also tries on systemic housing issues and so on. It's a very difficult question and it's something that we think about a lot here because it's so pervasive. I think as a pediatric practitioner, it certainly impacts me in that there are families and parents that are more vulnerable. And so I think about them in different ways, about their follow-up and where they would go and things that we sometimes take for granted, like food insecurity in our city and our region is really high that we don't think about that and associate that with San Francisco because of cost of living, but it happens a lot. And then also the associated mental health and access to that. Again, during the 2020 pandemic, all of that is kind of really fun, stress that system too. And I don't know if it's unique to San Francisco, but I rode bikes. I did a lot of public transit when I was in training and there were times I felt kind of unsafe and more so now than ever, like you just accumulate stories living somewhere where I was not obsessively looking in the back seat of my car to make sure that there wasn't even an empty cardboard box that was shot out of the windows. Those kinds of things, being away from that was really important to me. It's been wild though. I mean, like a year and a half ago, they were organized crime that was just like going into all these like shopping centers. And they're taking catalytic converters. And part of it is also you don't blame them. There is a wealth gap, but at the same time, in San Francisco, there are really safe neighborhoods, so I don't want to deter anyone from living there. I've seen encroachment of tents like that live in places where you didn't want to be and waking up to things on your doorstep that you didn't want. And so I, I see that happening in the city way more than it used to be. And I know that people are trying to fix and approach that. We'll see. We have new mayors in Oakland and new energy in San Francisco. But it is a complex problem. It's hard because I do know that many of my friends who moved out of California, in fact, my closest friends out of training, very few of them remained where I live. And so that was actually a little hard because they went, like, for example, to Denver, to Michigan, Minnesota, Boston, throughout. And that is one of the things that they often remember and talk to me about is like the pervasiveness of the homelessness. I'm glad for them that they don't have to see that or hear some of those things at three and four in the morning. I am, again, really grateful that the home that I was able to purchase was apart from that. Mm -hmm. And I guess I temper some of that gratitude with the fact that I did work really hard to get to this space in my life. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of social injustices and things like that. I'm always analyzing and thinking about like, well, maybe I even was able to become a physician because of some of my luck and fortune coupled with hard work, of course. So yeah, it, and it's a rambling answer in some ways, but it's a hard subject to talk about because we think about it all the time. But short answer, looking at my window right now when I work from home, rather than I work from my office where sometimes the homeless encampment, there was at some point they, they moved on, but setting fires, that just didn't feel great. <laughs> and I hope that happens everywhere else, but it certainly did in Northern California where we are trying different approaches to help those. Well, I know every state, you know, has its pros and its cons. And I just appreciate you kind of giving us 
the whole gamut. You know, it sounds like on some sides, you're very fortunate and you've gotten to have the career that you love and you have people that you work with that you love and a house that you love. But just like everywhere, there's things that provide some challenges for us as well. My last week of Christmas, like for the holidays, like I spent the family time near Monterey, the ocean, had really good fish and breathed in that ocean air. You forget how amazing it can be actually. And then we went to a little area and got flooded with snow and like in the Tahoe area and skied. A couple of days later, met with friends in Yosemite and didn't worry about the fact that it was all cloudy and I couldn't see it. It was just something that I truly, thinking about this house and what my family might one day be able to experience. Like that was something that was really unique, but it's pluses and minuses everywhere. And absolutely, I, anyone going through this process, you just go through what's some of its luck and some of it's what you prioritize and want. And I'm grateful that there are some of these programs that are out there nationally, but also in my own organization that make some of these dreams really come true because it's hard otherwise without being creative. I can imagine. California is such a magical state. You describing that week of Christmas. I mean, you saw everything and things that I have yeah. to get on an airplane to see, you know, are drivable for you. So that is really special about California. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. I think we'll see what happens when I have kids and I know those things, <laughs> how much <laughs> those priorities will shift. But yeah, I do think it's also very easy to not go out and do those things. And so I think that I feel a lot of gratitude to be able to do it. And also for that reason, I take advantage of it, I think. But that being said, my dad traveled a lot when I was growing up for most of my first couple of decades. And I think I visited about 33 states and because he worked a lot. And there's a lot of beautiful country out there. And so that was a very California experience. <laughs> I was able to do that with friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, Basim, thank you so much for taking the time to just be on our first show talking about states and just kind of open our eyes to being a physician in California. I really appreciate it. I thank you so much for having me. And if there's anything that resonates, I'm grateful because I appreciate you asking these questions. They're the things that I didn't think about too much when you're in training and Thank you for asking them these questions and doing what you do. Absolutely. I guess I need to say this. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of Dr. Basim Uzgils and do not reflect the official policy or position of Kaiser Permanente in any way. Any content provided is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be taken as legal or other professional advice. So thank you for tuning in this week to Grand Rounds.